On today's episode, Kate Warman joins me to speak about relationships and finding your true identity. Kate is a best-selling author based out of Los Angeles. She's an inspirational speaker, relationship coach, online educator, and the founder of Heart of Dating. Through her ministry, Kate's mission is to empower both men and women to have the courage to own their story, walk in victory, thrive with a purpose, find vision in their life, and with relationships. I want to say thank you so much to everyone who has supported this stream of mine, whether you've been listening to all the episodes or if it's your first time. It truly means the world. Now let's get right into it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Part You Play podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Today with me, I have Kate Warman. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today, all the way from California. Mm-hmm. It's an honor to have you on, and I'm really excited about all the topics that we're going to get into today. Yeah, girl, I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you again. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so let's get into telling everyone who you are and what you do. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I run the heart of dating, which started as a podcast four and a half years ago. It's all about Christian dating, men and women, singles who are either single or actively trying to date in a relationship, all of the above. And from the podcast, it's spurred and created so much more opportunity than just the podcast. And now we get to run a yearly conference, which is so much fun. Our last one was in Orlando. We can talk about that in a sec. And then we also have launched some amazing programs. Most notably this year, we launched our 90 day transformation dating program called the school of dating, which is just like my most favorite thing that we do. And JJ and I actually, my fiance get to do that together. My fiance, almost husband, because I don't know when we're airing this, but soon, very soon we are getting married (laughs) anyway. And then, um, a year and a half ago, I got to write and release into the world. My book, baby, thank you for rejecting me, which became a national bestselling book, which is totally crazy and wild and all God's work. And so I'm so thankful. I get to serve hundreds of thousands of Christian singles internationally. Heart of dating reaches over 200 countries. And so, yeah, I get messages all the time from people in like Germany or South Africa and New Zealand and places in Asia where I'm like, oh my gosh, what? This is so cool. So anyway, it's such a joy and that's what I get to do. Oh, I love it. And we actually met at the Heart of Dating Conference. That's right. It was so fun. I heard <laughs> about it through Riley. She had posted about it on her page. And mm-hmm. then um, I wasn't planning on going though, because I, I think I was busy that weekend. But then I went to Voo Girl and um, Don Cherie's husband, Rich Wilkerson, was like, oh, I'm speaking, like, here's a ticket. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, let's go. So that was so, so it was honestly one of the best experiences ever. And I don't know if you know this, but after the Heart of Dating conference, like later that night, 10 of us, we actually ended up going to dinner. And then all of Sunday, we spent the Super Bowl, we spent that day together. And oh, it was fun. I know. And even though we didn't meet, you know, someone on a romantic level we met long-term friendships like we all still talk to this day and what wow. you're truly phenomenal and beautiful so yeah that's so amazing I love hearing that oh I yeah. love it <laughs> so um let's get into um 
how did you start Heart of Dating? Yeah, so I started it in the wake of a heartbreak, just felt God calling me to this crazy wild thing. And I'd never been an interview before. And it just really was not my idea because I did not want to talk about dating publicly ever. I never wanted to talk about it. I never wanted to tell people my story publicly, but it was so clear and got confirmed through a period of multiple months after this heartbreak that it was what I was supposed to step into. And so I did, I stepped out in a leap of faith to start this podcast. And I'm so glad that I did because I am truly so passionate about this subject. But um, that's how it basically started in the wake of a heartbreak because I truly believe that rejection is redirection. As cliche as it sounds, like I would have never started my now purpose and calling if it wouldn't have been for that guy breaking up with me. Okay. And he knows that to this day. I'm like, thank you for rejecting me. Also the name of my book, because truly like if he hadn't have broken up with me, rejected me, I wouldn't have ever stepped into this. And this is truly what I believe I was meant to do. So that's how it all began. (laughs) Amazing. And you truly are changing and helping people every day especially with dating it's such a hot topic nowadays because like a lot of girls struggle with dating so they need someone to get advice from I remember I learned so much at the heart of dating conference and I'm so excited for the next one yeah me too I so stoked we're planning it right now currently so I can't wait (laughs) let's get into the Q&A so many of your audience and a couple of my audience had so many questions to ask so let's get right into it um how did you meet your fiance and I love this story I've heard it before but I love it yes so I at the beginning of 2021 I decided to start a three-month dating challenge from January through March where previously in my story and I dated for 18 years before I met my fiance so During that time, I learned so much about myself um, because dating is an awesome opportunity to really look inwards. And it's like a mirror. You start realizing these things and tendencies that have been dormant suddenly come up when you're dating and in romantic situations. And so for me, one of my tendencies was jumping into relationships and committing super early and feeling all the feels and just, I love it. This guy seems great. Commit, put all my eggs in the basket. And so the beginning of 2021, I decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I am just going to date non-exclusively which I'd never really done before. So for me, that looked like three months, 90 days of non-exclusive dating where I did go out with more than one guy throughout that period of three months. And some of them were overlapping and at the same time. And I did tell each one of them that I was doing that. But actually I was already talking to three guys going on dates with three guys. And then all of a sudden I speak at this virtual single girls conference right before Valentine's day, before my book came out and there was a guy on there doing a live blind date with, you know, he was going on a date with another girl and I was a speaker. I met this guy before the call and I really don't remember that much because I was super locked in on my talk and I'm just like focused on the speaker, that sort of thing. And so he goes on his blind date. I really don't even watch because I just have my video off. I'm just chilling. You know, I'm just literally like drinking my water. I'm looking at my notes. I'm not even watching. I'm like, cool, blind date. Great. Keep in mind, I'm talking to other guys. I'm happy. I'm happy as a clam. I talk and I do my talk and he actually stays on and watches me with all these other girls. Um, And it was a very light subject. It was the topic of self-rejection 
and self-hatred and insecurity, very light, nothing, nothing heavy at all. <laughs> and definitely being sarcastic. Yeah. And, but I told a lot of my story and testimony of abuse and toxic relationships and healing and hating myself and how God really helped me through all of that. So we got to hear a lot of my story. The next day, the people running the Zoom conference messaged him and were like, hey, do you did you like your date with this girl, the blind date? And he said, she was a great sister in Christ, but who's the speaker? <laughs> and they were like, Kate, the dating coach? He was like, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, she's five and a half years older than you. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, they're like, and you live in a different state. He's like, I know. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll ask her if she'll go out with you. So he asked to be set up with me. They messaged me. I immediately Instagram stalked him as one does just, you know, some light stalking saw that he had platinum hair that he had dyed blue at the moment. And I was like, this is interesting. This guy's younger. He has a weird style. I don't know. But because I was challenging myself in this season and I was like, it's just a date. My mentality was like, be open to the unexpected. It's just a date. You can go on a date with just about anyone. So I said, yes. I'm like, sure. I'll go out with this guy, man. Now I'm engaged to that guy. <laughs> so that's how we originally met. And it's been such an awesome journey. Um, I realize I've never even said his name, but his name is JJ and yeah, we're getting married in like five, six weeks. So it's been incredible. And I'm so glad I did that challenge. I'm so glad I was open to dating the unexpected and didn't disqualify him because of long distance or because he was five and a half years younger than me. And I never have dated someone that younger. I'm so glad I didn't because he's a, like the best guy for me specifically. And so, yeah, that's how we met. <laughs> and because there's a question I know in there relating to this topic, I thought we'd just ask yes what piece of advice would you give someone wanting to step out of their comfort zone comfort zone of dating you know yeah. they're so dating that one type that they have that they're scared or maybe they, they just don't really know how to what what piece of advice would you give i would say yeah date the unexpected because god may do the unexpected and also have that three seconds of courage because yeah. you're only looking for one person. And if, if you are attached so deeply to rejection that it impacts your identity, then you are holding to, you're giving power to too many people in your life because God, if we're Christians here, God ultimately has the power in your life and you have more power as you partner with God, people, other people don't have the power to take your identity away from you unless you allow them to. And so step out of your comfort zone in a new way and requires having courage and also being open to the unexpected because you just never know that guy at your church that asks you out or that is flirting with you. And you're like, Oh, I'd never date a guy like that. Just be open. Why not just go on a date with him? You don't have to marry him. You don't have to go on three, four, five dates with him. Just go on a date, just be more open. And then conversely, the guy that you're like, Oh, I do really want to connect with this guy but I'm not sure if he's going to like me. Well, first of all, you are worthy and valuable and you don't need him to like you or choose you. Okay. Cause the right person 
will walk into a room of models and see you and be focused on you. That is the way it will work. And so you don't have to worry about proving yourself to anyone. And so if you go up to that guy and you put yourself out there and you drop the hanky, show him interest and he's not into it, guess what? That's okay. You did it. And you can be proud that you had the courage to do so because you'll never know otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. And I would also say almost like have fun with it. Yes, exactly. And you're going to be with one person and God forbid you marry the wrong one or something, or you wish like you end up wishing that you would have explored your dating life more, just have more fun with it. Like you said, like, see what you like, see what you don't like, you know, there's, there might be someone out there that you've always thought, oh, that's not my type. But like you said, like that could possibly be your type. So, yeah. Um, so next question, when is it time for you to make a first move on a guy? Um, asking on a date or showing interest? So anytime, anytime is the time to make a move on a guy. Now I wouldn't say you should ask him on a date. I think the man should make the moves in the beginning to pursue a woman, but I am all about dropping the hanky, showing him interest, giving him a bone, giving him a green light, like really making it clear. And this is one thing you can say that I love. You're talking to a guy, you're really interested, show him that you are through your body language, eye contact, smiling, make sure you're not fidgeting with your purse or your phone. Us ladies love to do that. Don't be doing that. Be present. Like your body language needs to show that you're actually interested interested in this guy and you're present, no matter how nervous you are. Um, and then you could say something like, man, I would totally go out with a guy like you. And if you say that the guy's like, wait, really? Oh my gosh. It's like your subtle way of saying, I would definitely go out with a guy like you. Like you're saying, I, if you ask me out, I would definitely, you basically just spelled it out for him. If you ask me out, I would say yes. Like a thousand percent. And now his mind is like, Oh, oh, like he's probably thinking about it. Um, he may not make the move in that moment, but now you, you have his mind spinning, right? So that's a great way to make a move um, in person. I You could certainly slide into the DMs, but it's so fun to do it in real life and practice the body language and practice saying something like that and just throwing it out there without any expectation and seeing what happens with it. Guys do not know. They really have no clue most of the time that we're interested unless we really put an effort into putting ourselves in their vicinity and making it pretty obvious. <laughs> so good. I love all <laughs> what you just said. And I agree hundred percent. Um, just shoot your shot. You know, you never know what you'll lose and yeah, I, exactly. I yeah. What's been your biggest struggle in relationships? Uh, one of my biggest struggles has definitely been performing for guys to choose me, like me, be with me, kind of molding myself to be whatever they want and over giving and over serving and, um, plant and taking the, the reins into my own hands. And so all of those things, I call it like auditioning to be a wife. I'm like waving my hands in front of their face being like, see, I'm amazing. Choose me, pick me. I'm the best. And at any moment when I fear that they are going to leave, or maybe they're not exactly as excited to see me, which is all subjective, by the way, like it's on my own head. It's like, oh, their high seemed a little less bubbly today than the last time. That means that they're not as interested in me. Now I had to try harder to prove or to, to do something to make him like me. The right person, you're not going to have to prove 
anything. And that proving energy actually is a turnoff to many guys. They can sense it. They pick up on it and they don't like it. They don't, they don't like when, because it shows underneath that you aren't secure in yourself with just who you are. So when you feel like you have to prove, even if it comes across where you're affirming a lot, it could come across like really good things. You're over serving, you're over affirming. Those are quote unquote, good things to serve and affirm. But if your intention is to prove yourself or get this guy to really like you, I, I promise you the guy can feel it on the other end. And that was one of my biggest mistakes is I always would try to prove to guys or perform for them to like me. And honestly, I realized through time that one of two things was happening. Either I wasn't being myself at all, or number two, um, they were actually not into it because I was trying too hard. And, uh, at the end of the day, you want someone who truly wants to be with you, not a version of you. That's perfect. And over trying, you want the person to choose you through the good, bad, and ugly, not this other perfected version of you that you keep putting out there. And so, in my three month dating challenge, I decide I'm not doing any of that. I'm not proving I'm not, I'm just chill. I'm easy. I'm go with the flow. They either like me or they don't. And it was so much more fun. And most of the guys I was dating ended up really into me, which is really exciting because I was like, oh my gosh, like it's when I finally released this chokehold from these dating situations and putting so much pressure and trying to prove myself when I finally just leaned back and relaxed and didn't put so much pressure on it and was truly okay either way with the outcome, they were suddenly more drawn to me. It's really weird, but that is a real deal. That's a real thing. Guys want to pursue a woman who is fully confident in herself and she's go with the flow and she's easy and she's not trying to prove anything to the man. <laughs> and I would also say that that also comes with being confident in God, like knowing that your worth does not come from a man saying, Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Like, no, I know I'm beautiful and I know I'm worthy because God says I am mm-hmm. not that you're going to tell me. Cause if we were to rely on what guys told us uh, that's why a lot of girls are depressed because they rely on that and they they expect a guy to tell they wonder why a guy isn't telling them oh they're gorgeous or beautiful and then they're depressed because a guy doesn't say that and it's like no your worth doesn't come from men Um, exactly yeah but a lot of times those the reasons why we're going after finding worth and value in men you know, it's so many people and it's because of childhood wounds. It's because of things in our past. It's because we didn't get that love and attention from the father figure or one of our parental figures. And then we're seeking it out specifically through romance and intimacy with guys. And that's so my story. So I have so much compassion for anybody who struggles with that. And it's not an excuse to keep doing it. There's self-awareness is one part of it then we have to heal it and we have to change it. And we have to come back to that true God-given identity that we got when we were born, but that the world has tried to take away through all sorts of different things, you know? And so, and it is possible. It's a fight to do it. And it's a daily fight because you have to constantly fight for it, but it's so worth it to like really, truly come back to who God has created you to be. Yeah. And Kayla Nordlum, um, we recorded a podcast that actually dropped yesterday. She talked about going back to the root. Yes. Um, she had 
a present dad, but a Saturday dad, like he wasn't there emotionally for her. So Mm -hmm. she was looking for fulfillment when guys would affirm her with words. And, um, you know, that led to a dead end, obviously, because it led to brokenness. It led to a broken heart. Um, so if you're listening to this and you constantly find yourself finding your worth in what guys say, or even what people say in general, get close to God because he will change all of that. So good. Yep. I agree. (laughs) If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, so I love this question. How to respectfully end something without hurting the other person's feelings. I personally struggle with this. So I'd love to hear. Yes. Yeah. First of all, you're always going to hurt their feelings. Um, that's just something you need to know. Like breakups of any kind kind of sting. They're always going to kind of sting almost to anyone. You're not going to be immune from rejection. And in fact, the people that are like, it's fine. I didn't like you anyway. Those people are just numbing their pain by deflecting and avoiding it. And so almost always you're going to hurt the other person. That's really unavoidable. Like, and you cannot control how they receive your rejection or your breaking up with them, but what you can control, so you can't control how they feel, but you can control is how you show up in grace and kindness and with clarity. Okay. So you want to be graceful. You want to be kind, but you also want to be clear. And that's sometimes the thing that we, we try, we either put off telling someone we're going to end things, or we try to soften the blow by putting all these other affirmations in it because we don't want to, but we don't want to hurt them. But at the end of the day, it can sometimes leave someone very unclear. So I'll give an example. Um, I write a story in my book about this guy I dated named Chris chapter five. It's all about one of a big heartbreak I went to, I went through. And what I did write in the book is this, that at the end of our breakup, he wrote me, it was either a five or six page letter. The day that he came to break up with me, he gave me that letter. And it was like a six page letter of how much he loves me and all the things he appreciates about me. Meanwhile, he's breaking up with me. Now that letter was really he had good intentions and I don't think he had bad intentions, but what it was really doing was it was trying to soften the blow for this major heartbreak. He was trying to stop me from going into the hole of dealing with all of my insecurities. Well, that's my thing. It's not his thing to control. It's not his thing to help. It's my issue. If I have issues with insecurity and rejection, that's me. He, I can't get my worth and value and comfort from him. I need to get it from God. And so that those are the things you don't want to do. You don't want to write a five or six page letter when you're ending it with somebody, but you just also don't want to make fill all the words with just all of this fluff, which sometimes we do. You want to be kind. Sure. You can affirm some things you really care about and saw in them. You want to be clear. I don't see this romantically moving forward and here's why. And this is where I'm at and be clear with your boundaries. And you know what? It's going to hurt no matter what you can't avoid hurting the other person. You can't control that, but you can control how you deliver it with kindness and clarity. I'm really big on that. (laughs) I love that answer. Um, So 
what do you do when you're feeling rejection from a friend that you love and adore from a friend? Yeah. Yeah. This one is hard. Um, you definitely want to seek to have a conversation. If it's a person that's a safe friend, if it's a person that you think you can have this conversation with, sometimes we have conversations with people and we realize they're not really safe people for us to open our hearts vulnerably to. And so, but if this is a friend you've cultivated a very long lifetime friendship with, you're going to have to have a hard conversation. And what you're going to do ideally is seek to understand you're, you're going to make generous assumptions about who they are and their intentions. And you're going to go in with the mentality that 97% of the stories we create in our mind are false. So there might be some truth to what you're feeling and thinking and observing, but there could, especially if it's not like a clear cut, they did this, but like, it's like, you're just feeling rejected through certain things. And maybe you're reading between the lines. A lot of times we're creating stories in our mind and they're not always true or fully true. And so we have to go in with that generous assumption of like, this feels really real to me, but there's a chance that it's not fully true. And I want to give this person a generous assumption for their intentions. And I'm going to boldly and courageously tell them vulnerably how I'm feeling. So you take it off of them and you put it and all the ownership on yourself. Like, you know, I've been noticing this. And for me, this is how I've been feeling. And I could be totally wrong and I could totally be creating a story in my mind, but this is what I've been feeling in our friendship or experiencing. And I just wanted to bring it up and kind of air it out and see and have a discussion on if there's truth to this or how we can mend this. And so, and sometimes you'll find like, wow, it's way not as serious as what you made it in your mind. And sometimes it is a hard conversation but you're going to disarm the other person if you take the ownership upon yourself by even saying, I, I like assume their uh, intentions are good and say that like I've been potentially creating a story in my mind because it really will make them not on the defense. And then you can have a better, true, honest conversation with them. Yeah. And sometimes we also outgrow people who just aren't growing. And That's true. Yep. Every- single friend is supposed to go through every single season with you yeah um, which is hard I, I I've struggled with that in the past years but I've also learned that you know enjoy every single friendship you know be in, pre- in the present like live in the present enjoy that person you don't know if they're going to be in your life forever mm-hmm. um, not everyone is meant to stay in your life forever and so true why our confidence isn't in people either. Exactly, girl. Exactly. So what are some habits that you formed over the past couple of years that have helped you improve who you are today? Wow. So good because I'm in a crazy season. So <laughs> some of my habits I've cultivated are a little all over the place right now. <laughs> and I'm planning for this wedding. I'm like, where are my habits? I need them back. I'm like, my fiance is reading Atomic Habits, the book. And I'm like, I need to read that. Okay. I need to get back to them. But I have cultivated really good habits. Um, and sometimes in seasons, life is just crazier. Habits are so important. But one of the things that I try to do as best as possible, especially being a public figure, quote unquote, and having more of a presence and Instagram is like my business and 
you know, Facebook and all of where my people live is I try on the weekends to be completely off. If I do post at all on like stories on Instagram, it's fun. It's in the moment life stuff. I'm not going through DMs. I'm not engaging with anybody. I am off like, and typically at least one day a week, I'm like almost fully off my phone. I barely even respond to texts. <laughs> I'm just like off. And that really allows me to be more present and separate this digital world to be just present in real time, especially when digitally that's my business is all digital. And so I fully recommend breaks with your phone breaks with technology. Um, I also within that similar vein, try to take a Sabbath each and every week. And that's part of that is getting off technology. It's what the, the Jewish tradition is you have like pretty much no actual technology during your Sabbath from sundown to to sundown from Friday night to Saturday, that's when they do it, but you, they don't use any technology. So they use like candles. They don't even use like lights and stuff like that, which I don't go to that extreme, but it's a beautiful practice. And you see everybody doing it. I was in Jerusalem a few years ago and we practiced Shabbat and it was the coolest thing to just see like everyone does it. Everyone really practices this tradition of Sabbath. They are with their friends, their family. They make meals. It's like incredible stuff. And they're super present. And so if you want to get in touch with them on Sabbath, you can't. <laughs> but it's kind of awesome. It's so amazing. And so I love like even experiencing that in real time before COVID when I was over there. I was like really deeply inspired by how rich their traditions and quote unquote habit is of disconnecting and being present and getting off of our social media because I love John Mark Comer's book, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and his podcast, Fight, Hustle, and Hurry. Such great resources if you haven't read or listened. Um, but really, we are in such a busy, hurry culture. And for me, I'm a hurry person. I'm busy all the time. I'm like max capacity, 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 with my to-do list. And I barely ever have days where it's just like nothing's on my list. So it's so important for me to practice and actually intentionally have a habit of carving out that time and keeping accountable to people in my life so that I actually do practice that. So that's something I think is really important. <laughs> yeah. I Sabbath is truthfully like you just connect so much more with your faith and you just, it's just such a, I usually do it on Sundays after church. Um, mm. But being like, it's just, it's just wonderful. So yeah. I 100% agree. Okay. So second to last question, what are some green flags to look for in men and some red flags to steer away from? Yeah. Green flags is seeing the kind of community he has around him. If he has rich community, ideally an older and wiser couple or mentor, some sort of pastor type of figure in his life. A therapist would be a major green flag for me. It would be a red flag if he is completely against therapy and thinks it's horrible and unnecessary. It's not necessarily a red flag if he's never been per se, but if he has really bad attitude about it and thinks it's pointless, I'm like, nope. <laughs> not for me. Um, I don't want to know what skeletons are in your closet. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's like because sometimes that could mean that it was negatively enforced in his childhood. And now he's True. 
negative thing because um, I've, I've, I've seen that a lot and I've learned that in psychology, but definitely I, therapy is such a good, a good thing for every season of life. Yes, because I'm just, for me personally, it's how I live my life and growth and humbleness and seeking to grow. And you can definitely do that with God's word. And that's the hope is that you have somebody who's doing that, but also you, I believe it's, it's complemented so well with therapy. And so anyway, those would be some green, some other green flags is, um, uh, like just really, this is through time is seeing the fruit of his life because he may have some fruits of the spirit that look good and they're shiny on the outside, but you have to see through time. If when you squeeze and bite into the fruit, it's actually rich and healthy because you can have, there's a lot of people out there with pretty looking fruit on their tree. That's actually rotten and sour and not actually that healthy. And so, um, fruits of the spirit is a major green flag, but also like the health of their, of what they're cultivating in their life. Also a man with purpose and vision is super attractive and a super big green flag. Like where is he going to see his purpose and vision? He may not be there. He may still be baristaing at Starbucks and side hustling and all good. But do you have a vision for your life that you're actively working towards? What's your purpose? Have you wrestled that out with God? Um, a man who's servant hearted man, just a thousand percent. Yes. Um, so those are some green flags. Some red flags are going to be, uh, I already said one of them, the therapy, but if, if the person does not make you feel safe, if the man does not make you feel safe and I'm not just meaning physically safe, I'm meaning emotionally safe. If he makes you feel bad for your feelings, if he constantly disagrees with you, when you have, when you express a need or a feeling, this is not good. And you will be able to feel this in your body. You'll be able to feel, do I feel safe around this person or not? And if you constantly feel unsafe, this is just even emotionally, again, not necessarily physically, though, that's a definite red flag. Then that is cause for major concern. And you really need to feel safety in the relationship. Uh, you know, other big red flags would be uh, somebody, I mean, this is more of an orange flag, but somebody who is not willing to be vulnerable or share with you at all their needs or their feelings. That is an orange flag. Um, it's not fully red because a lot of men I see are uncomfortable with sharing their feelings and needs, but in order to have a healthy, thriving relationship, you need to both equally be sharing your needs and your feelings. Um, and if somebody is withholding those things, it's not going to be healthy for the relationship long-term. So I don't want to generalize, but I do see a lot of men who do struggle with that. And so it's an orange flag. Don't eliminate them, but just get more curious and seek more questions and see how it plays out through time. Um, yeah, yeah there's more, but those are some top ones. <laughs> And I think one that like stands out to me, like a green flag is if the man is leading mm. and so many times where I've been like, Oh, like I want to approach him or like not even approach him just different things of like, Oh, but I want to text. Like he hasn't texted me in, I don't know, a couple of days. Like I want to text him. And all my friends are like, Isa, like you want a man who's going to lead you. Like if he's not leading now, like what makes you think he can lead a marriage, a relationship, a family. So our last question, what do the next couple of months look like for you? There, 
I'm getting married. My bachelorette party's next weekend. There's so much like fun stuff happening. I think after the bachelorette comes, it's going to feel all super real because that's like crunch time. It's like four and a half weeks to the wedding. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, so that's what's happening. And, you know, this is really exciting, but JJ has fully joined Heart of Dating and is using his account on Instagram and building up a community for single men. And that is really exciting. So we are jointly going to be continuing to build that. And I can't wait to see where that goes. It's going to be awesome. And we're just doing more things together. We have School of Dating, our big program. We're about to launch another program. So exciting. And so it's just the next few months are going to be a lot of changes, all amazing changes. <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It's been such an honor, such a sweet conversation. I know this conversation is going to help so many people struggling either in relationships or friendships. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, girl. This is so fun. It was so great to have this combo with you. <laughs> <laughs>